0: Flight of the Concords is now on Stitcher Premium. How about that? Every comedy fan, all the cool kid comedy fans, everybody knows Flight of Concords is great. It's the best. Hear all six episodes of the original BBC radio series that inspired their hit HBO show. Let's Laugh Out Loud. It's a whole series. It's available exclusively on Stitcher Premium in the US. A must listen for all Flight of the Concords fans. Go to stitcherpremium.com BBC. Use the promo code BATOUR.com. You Do that at checkout. You get that great deal, guys. You get a whole year for just a couple bucks. It's, it's really nuts. Check it out. StitcherPremium.com slash BBC. Use the promo code BATOUR. So you've probably heard of TED Talks, right? Who hasn't? TED Talks is such a fascinating thing. Maybe you've even been asked to give one. Pretty big deal, but some ideas are too sensitive, painful, or even dangerous to share in public. That's why Ted has teamed up with Audible to start a new podcast called Sincerely X, where you'll hear ideas from anonymous speakers. Makes sense for all the fans of this show, right? From the ex-con who thinks he can make prison more effective, to the doctor who thinks her fatigue was the reason for a patient's death. You can listen to Sincerely X now on Apple Podcasts, Ted's Android app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello to all my new friends that I'll wonder about forever. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gether here, your old pal. Welcome you to another episode. Of Beautiful Anonymous. Good day. Uh, thanks for listening again. Thank you to everybody who's uh subscribed, listening. Happy Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this. If you're not listening today, it drops. Very, very excited about uh, the episode. And here we'll talk about that in a second. First, last week's episode. We had the uh, American Studies major. I went off on American Studies. My experiences as an American Studies major. I had a lot of fun. seemed like you guys enjoyed yourself. Many people made me laugh by pointing out that I was ragging on American Studies consistently, and yet I am doing a podcast that effectively serves as a uh, living, evolving uh, audio chronicle of modern American life that maybe I should... Shut my yap and appreciate that American Studies clearly led to this specific podcast. That made me smile as I was too dense to realize that. Also, someone named Andrea made me laugh so hard on the Facebook group. Beautiful Anonymous, the community, check it out. It's fun. Over 15,000 of us in there now. And it's, it's, a, it's a real fun time. People discuss the episodes. Andrea said uh, um, that, that she had some American Studies classes in high school and said, I shit you not. One of the first assignments was watching the music video for Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, writing an essay on the importance of the meaning behind the video and its representation of American culture in the 20th century, Ha, which I also left at loud. Of course you can write a paper on We Didn't Start the Fire a modern Billy Joel song, a late era Billy Joel song. You're writing papers on it. I love that. Someone else also said they're writing an American Studies PhD on the Chris Gethard Show, which was very flattering and also is a very nice segue to remind you guys that the Chris Gethard Show comes to True TV, premieres on Thursday. So set your DVRs right now. Help your buddy Gethard out. You might like the show. It's a very fun, absurdist talk show. But if you don't, here's what I'm asking you to do. Set your DVR season pass anyway. You turn on Beautiful and Honest, put your earphones in. Press play. Let the episode play out. Help me out with those numbers anyway. Do it up now. This week we got a we got our, our I'm, we're putting out a second episode from our live tour. I just went on the live tour. You guys have heard a lot about it if you listen to the show. This is our Baltimore show. This is the last one we're going to put out on the stream. I think a lot of people have picked up. You get Stitcher Premium. You get access to all nine of these things. It's like a living tour diary of what went down. And people are actually flipping out about this. You use the code B A tour when you go to sign up for Stitcher Premium B A tour. You get a year, not a month, a year. For like four dollars it's an insane deal i've found people on the internet uh people who aren't even fans of this show who have found out about this promo code the earwolf subreddit found out about it and there's people who are like what what four dollars for a year i don't get it i'll tell you i don't get it either but let's all benefit from stitcher's generosity on this one ba tour if you want to hear the rest of the tour episodes now we're gonna hear the baltimore one which i will say um, the tour episode, some people don't like the live episodes. Some people, any deviation from the format. I will say this this is one of the most touching conversations I can remember having. You're going to hear some really tough stories. You're also going to hear me and a caller who just click on a personal level. And I've not stopped thinking about this call since the day we did it. I'm sure anybody who was at the Baltimore show at Otto Bar, thank you, Otto Bar, for having us, remembers this one well. This was a uh, pretty magical call let alone the fact that the whole crowd uh, locked into it. Baltimore, it was such a beautiful show. Thank you to everybody who came out. Beautiful city, beautiful people, and a magical night. Thank you for it, and enjoy the call.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Hello? Hello. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Hello? Yeah, what's up? Chris. Yeah, what's up?
1: How are you, man? Pretty good. I'm, I'm good. I love your hold music.
0: Oh, you, you like the hold music? Yeah. I curated it myself.
1: <laughs> that Billy Bragg song, man. It's so fucking good.
0: Wait, which, which were the standout tracks?
1: The Billy Bragg song. New England is like one of my favorite songs of all time.
0: Yeah, mine too. Mine, it's actually my favorite song of all time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I might be with you on that for today.
0: For today? That's cool.
1: Yeah. Why not? Just for today. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you dug it. Do I detect an accent? Do I detect an accent, my friend?
1: Yes, I'm from the deep south.
0: You're from the, you're from the deep south of the United States.
1: i the United States. I'm from Australia, originally.
0: Ah, so the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you...
1: If you say anything about barbecues or shrimp, I'm going to hang up.
0: Okay. No crocodile Dundee jokes just from me? Good warning. No, no, okay, Ooh, nothing... You are
1: calling I- the line, mate. You
0: are calling <laughs> the line. Hey, man, I was agreeing with you. I'll, here's a list of things I won't bring up. I promise you, I will not bring up Crocodile Dundee. I will not use the phrase shrimp on the barbie. I'll barely bring up kangaroos, but no promises on that one. I will almost definitely bring up the duck-billed platypus because I need to know what's going on there. Sound fair? I
1: understand
0: that. Yeah. So are you calling from Australia?
1: I'm calling. I'm in the US. I live
0: here now. Oh, that's cool. Um, well, thanks for calling. Is there yeah. any, anything in particular you wanted to get into, or should we just let it flow? Whatever you want.
1: of stuff, but I've, I've got to say, like, I think it's important to me to articulate that hearing the way that you talk about mental illness and mental health and your experiences with depression and bipolarity has given me so much hope. I remember hearing a talk you gave a little while ago and you articulated things that I could never find the words for. So thank you for what you're doing. It really, it means a lot to me. I think a lot of people.
0: Oh, thanks. That's awfully nice. That's awfully nice. Thank you so much. Um, for me I sh- or
1: for you? I hope it's for me.
0: That, no, it's super nice. I do want to mention, you just heard people clap at that. That's kind. I think you saw when I put out the tweet where here it's a live show. Don't be worried about it. Everybody here in Baltimore, is super nice. The only thing that's different is they can send me questions um, on my computer for you, so I might reference their questions. Outside of that, totally regular episode. Cool? <laughs> Does that sound okay?
1: That sounds good, yeah. Can you throw
0: him away? Great. Um, well, that's nice. No, I'm glad to help. I, th- I you know, I'm uh, I'm. I was very scared to put that stuff out there, but people embraced it very warmly. And uh, uh, hearing things like that is, you know, uh, part of why I felt like it was worth going for. That it might might clear, yeah. clear, clear the things Yeah, I think there's
1: something really magical about sharing. Something really magical, I think, about sharing your stories and. That magical feeling, I know for me, when I hear someone share the exact same experience, it's like fireworks in my veins, and it's that magical thing of me too. Wow. Struggle with depression or constantly feeling separate and outside and alone, and when you hear someone spark that like knife of truth through your heart, it's like nothing else, it's the most beautiful feeling, and I've got that from you so many times.
0: That's so nice, thank you, and can I say that The use of phrases like fireworks in your veins and the knife of truth to your heart are truly flattering compliments and they are only amplified in their beauty by your Australian accent. (laughs) I mean that. I think Americans in general, I think, are very enchanted by the Australian accent. and I count myself among that number. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, now we're both blushing. It's just a compliment Uh, parade. We're both blushing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Indeed. That's super nice. Well, I'm I'm sorry. You've dealt with that stuff too. That sucks.
1: Yeah. You know what, man? Like, you know, I, I've, I've gone through it and I've, there's a lot of that stuff in my family, drug addiction and mental illness and all kinds of ugly stuff. But I have to say like in through my own treatment and my own recovery with those things, I'm really grateful for it. You know, all of those things that I've lived through have armed me with tools for living and to help other people. And I think through service, I kind of have a sense of purpose in life, which is the kind of beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, that's super nice. I remember once there was a stretch and I did not do this, I should say. I thought about it. It's, it's, it's going to make me sound bad that I got so into this and then opted to not do it. There was a stretch when I was in therapy for a few years, and I started telling my shrink, I think I want to drop everything and go do Habitat for Humanity. And she said, she's like, that's when I know someone's on the other side of things. Because when you want to start helping other people, it's a real sign that you are pushing through your own. You're on the tail end of your own stuff. So I think that thing you said, service yeah, to that's others. exactly it. Yeah, and then, you know, I went in the other direction, and I just went and made fucking cash, bro. <laughs> I just went and made my own cash. I said, it's not about them, it's about fucking me. Fucking do it. Yeah, the best thing I can do to help <laughs> other great. people? Yeah. Have a hit podcast, bro. <laughs> 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 just messing around. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I'm on the same page as you.
1: I get it, but I think that, like, what, you know, like, maybe you didn't go and work for Habitat for Humanity, but you did go and do comedy, and you did those things like you're doing right now, And I think we get to be of service with the gifts we're given. And yours was obviously comedy and sharing your story. And that is incredibly helpful, probably better than you could have ever done with Habitat for Humanity, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I mean, having recently renovated two rooms in my house and screwed up every single piece of the responsibility handed to me, no one needs me building them a house. I'll make the jokes. Yeah. I'll make the jokes for the hardworking people that build the houses. It may, That's funny. This is a tangent, but it's made me realize, I, I, I do feel like, and I, this has been said before, but I do feel like, you know, comedy is a weird thing, and I kind of feel like in the Darwinism sense, it clearly developed because uh, weak, useless men like me had to find some way that the strong people would give them meat sometimes. So they let them oh, go out I and hunt agree. and kill everybody, and let all the strong women do every like when the hunter gatherer days. Every, all the strong people, the strong men, went out and did what they did. The strong women did what they did, and then the weaklings like me were like, "You guys seem tired. Why don't you kick your feet up, and I'll take some of the fruits and nuts that we've gathered today? Thank you for killing yeah. the, Thank you for killing that Viking horde. And now, uh, what's yeah. the deal with their boats? I'll tell you a
1: joke about both.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So can I ask, you brought up that you've had some dark times and that you've gone on to go into service. Can I ask, like, you said you've been in treatment. Is that, did you want to talk about it? I wasn't, I'm not sure if you're just, like, complimenting me, which is much appreciated, or if you're opening the door to that conversation on your own.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we can, we can get there organically. But, you know, I was born for two drug addicts. You know, both of my parents have struggled with addiction. My mom was addicted to heroin from the time she was 14, and gave birth to my sister while she was still loaded. So my sister was born addicted to heroin and my father, but she's been clean now for 35 years. You know, she's in recovery a long time. Wow. My father was, um, yeah, my father was clean for 28 years. He was in prison for 15 of those my entire childhood and relapsed on meth and heroin at 74 years old. And my sister is doing a really long stint in prison right now, so there's lots of this stuff in my
0: Wow, that is... Gone through some
1: really heavy dark depression. And I think kind of weeding through the ugliness of what that programming of that trauma does to a person.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is... You got handed... I mean, right out of the gate, you got handed some things that that, that no one wishes on anybody. And it's amazing that we're even on the phone today. So that that reflects your strength. I will say this too, not making a joke. Um, there is something serendipitous about about your story and this call happening... In Baltimore, because I think it's a, a city that has been very famously um, ravaged by some of those things, and 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 some people have brought that to light on television, and it seems serendipitous. So, did you ever fall into the drugs? Yeah. Your, did you ever fall into the drugs yourself?
1: Um, I, I I did, yeah, and I think that, I mean, I th- I kind of think of my drink. I'm clean four years now. Wow, congrats! And I think of my drinking and using as kind of a sense of escapism. You know, I think that I was born with a really noisy, like, inner narrative. You know, I used to call it the voices as a kid. I remember having to draw a portrait of myself when I was in uh, Best drawing ever. And on my shoulder was like Wait, hold on, Army.
0: you're breaking up just a little on bit.
1: your shoulder
0: Uh-oh, <laughs> hold on one second. Can you hear me?
1: I have to do it. Can you hear me?
0: I can. Hold on one second. Chris and Justin, is that us or is it him? Do we know? That's him. It might be you. I'm not sure if you're moving or if there's an area that you know has better reception than another.
1: Service where I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Service where I am. Dot, dot, dot. Less than 10 minutes in.
1: <laughs> can you hear me? How's this?
0: We were able to hear you for most of it, and we were all gripped. And every single person in this room wants to know what that childhood self portrait was. So, if your call cuts out on us now, yeah, that sounded a little better. If your call cuts out on us now, this will be a historical tease (laughs) for a loaded episode of Beautiful Anomalies. You ready? Yeah, yeah, there you are. There you are. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, So so I drew this
1: portrait. I drew this portrait of myself. And on my shoulder was this like little army. And the teacher asked me, what's on your shoulder? And I said, it's the voices, which of course terrified her. And I got sent to a therapist immediately at like six years old. And what the therapist said to my mom was like, he's not schizophrenic. It's just being really cruel to Oh shit, I just said my name.
0: That's okay. (laughs) We'll bleep it out. The only people who know are the people in Baltimore, and they're going to be cool about it. It's fine. It's fine.
1: Great. Let's make sure we bleep that out.
0: Yes, we will. But
1: I think, you know, that inner, inner narrative, I think, is kind of common for people like you and I, it sounds like. And that voice says things to me like, you're ugly, you're untalented, and you've got no reason to be alive. And it's just constantly going on and on and on and on. And I think that a lot of my drinking was about escaping the noise inside my head, you know?
0: Yeah. I get it. I get it. I had my version of it, as you say. So drinking, drinking was the road that you went down, huh?
1: It was a bit of drugging. It was sex addiction. It was all kind of, whatever I could do to stop thinking about me. I would do, you know. And it was normally pretty subs to myself.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I have to imagine. I mean, I have to imagine being in the situation with your mom and your dad. Do you look back, I mean, you sound, you sound, there's so much clarity in your voice now, and there's so much passion in your voice now, and it's beautiful. I have to imagine, do you look back, the thing that's breaking my heart right out of the gate is like, uh, I just, I think we'd all, I think everybody would agree, one of like the most unforgivable things is when a kid doesn't have a chance, and it sounds like you were one of those kids, and that has to suck to think about as you get older and push through this stuff.
1: My mom was incredibly supportive and wanted to give me the best opportunity that I could possibly have. You know, I grew up in a pretty, you know, wealthy area, I guess, in Australia, purely as the pro from the proceeds of my father's drug dealing, which made it feel really unsafe and scary. But like, I did get a lot, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily homeless as a child or anything. Yeah. Given the circumstances, I think I probably had the best opportunity I could have, you know? And I found the arts really young, which was a perfect kind of place of, you know, solace for me and the mix of that ugliness.
0: I will say in the history of this show, I don't know if I've ever had a situation where there are so many things to talk about that I don't even know which direction to go in. It's a, there's... Where would, you, where would you go? Like, There's a part of me that's like, your dad relapsed at 74. What was that like? There's a part of me that wants to know, how did you get out of this? There's a part of me that wants to know, the fact that your mom was an addict when she had your sibling, but then she was so supportive of you, that's also fascinating. There's so many fascinating things. Where should we start? Also, what the fuck is up with the platypus? There's so many
1: places, man. <laughs> I think that's the best place to start. Great, no let's do it. No one knows what the fuck is up with a platypus. No one knows.
0: So you guys can't vouch. You got you. It's not. Let's yeah. Let's get this one out of the way before we get super heavy. Let's just, not. Not that we haven't heard. Yeah. Let's take. Let's come up from there for the... So even. So it's not like. Do you see like when you're an Australian, you grew up in Australia. Do you see a plat? Is that a thing you see on the street? Like, well, I'll see a raccoon but from time everywhere. to time. They're everywhere. They're everywhere.
1: Yeah, they're squirrels. They're everywhere. You can't walk down the street without seeing either a kangaroo or a platypus.
0: Is this, are you making a joke and messing with me because I am a clearly ignorant American here? Or are they like a squirrel level of ubiquitousness?
1: (laughs) Squirrel level of ubiquitousness. I can't stand that word. Let's go with that.
0: Oh, you're going to make me wonder forever. that's fair here's the thing i want to start with for real how how and when did you get out of it after a family history that sounds brutal how were you the one that broke the cycle and congrats on doing that and knock on with it that continues uh,
1: i mean i think the more the matter how much i drank it had
0: i gotta stop you
1: using or lying or whatever
0: you gotta i'm begging you Wherever the 3 yeah. wherever the 3 square feet are with the good reception no matter how contemplative we get no matter how much you want to pace around during this call stay in the stay in the safe zone second awesome so you were saying
1: Yeah, I think that what happened for me is, like, no matter how much I was drinking or using or, excuse my language, but fucking or lying or whatever I was doing to escape my mind, it's just stopped working. It was like the voices were getting noisier, and, you know, the pain in my chest was getting bigger and bigger, and, like, it just didn't work anymore, and I found my way into, you know, 12-step stuff, and it really kind of changed my life, and then ultimately therapy and all those different things, which, you know, I think I was looking for all along.
0: That's amazing. And so someone here on Twitter was just asking, like, did you have a rock bottom moment? It sounds like what you're describing was that more, it just kind of skidded and you couldn't find that adrenaline rush anymore. Did it skid? Was there- what was the,
1: you know, like I'm, yeah, go. I'm, I'm nervous to kind of talk about this if this ends up online. And I've already said my name. So if you would bleep my name, that'd be great. Just because this, I'm, I'm still nervous to share this stuff publicly, you know?
0: Oh, 1,000% we're bleeping. If you were, like, talking about your opinion on Alvin and the Chipmunks, we'd bleep your name. Like, no worries. That's our policy. It will be bleeped. I promise you that. And yeah. I'll I mean, also so say this. Here it
1: is. Here's, here's yeah. the rock bottom for me.
0: Great. Sorry. Yeah, but if you don't want to share it anyway, you don't even have to do that. Who cares? Like, you don't have to, but if you... No,
1: I think I want to. It's it's a good story. I think it's important to share this stuff sometimes. Great. So, uh, for me, the way it ended was I'd had this run of just drinking all day, every day, very consciously trying to escape what was happening inside of me, and it just wasn't working anymore. And so I, I tried to kill myself. I, I made a pretty decent attempt at suicide, and... I woke up the next morning, um, obviously alive, um, in a pool of my own piss and puke and blood. And the second I woke up, and I've never been religious per se, but I woke up and had this sense that God had intervened or something bigger than me had intervened, because if it was up to me, I wouldn't be on this call with you right now. You know, if if it was my decision, I wouldn't be talking to you. And so I went, I kind of had this deep sense that something bigger than me had saved me. So I went straight to what you do in the city that I live in to try and find God. I went to yoga.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) And I didn't (laughs) find God there. Wow.
0: (laughs) Well played. Well played.
1: Yeah. And I was really still fucked up and I didn't find God there. I'm shaking and shivering the entire time. And then I went, I had sex with two people that day, not my proudest performances. I went to Barnes & Noble and got a copy of The Power of Now and Be Here Now by Ram Dass, and I was reading through self-help books. This was all in the space of a 12-hour period. For <laughs> something to save me. Like what? this one last attempt, and that night at like 1130 I'm at home, again, contemplating killing myself, and I'm writing a a letter to my mom just saying, look, I love you so much, but I just can't do this anymore. I've tried, I've tried, and I just can't do it. I don't know what happened, you know, the specifics of the next part of this story, if I typed two A's and backspaced, or if a pop-up for American Airlines came up with the tail that says A, A, but something just came to me that said, go to a meeting. And so I Googled it, and there was one happening, happening down the road from me at midnight, and I thought, fuck it, this is my last bitch attempt. If I don't find a solution there, I'll just kill myself. And I drove over there with the shawl over my head and my socks outside of my shoes so that my footsteps were quieter. Um, and I walked in, and this guy at the door said, welcome, we're so glad you're here. And I went inside, and I just... I just I heard my story and I felt like the same way as I feel when I hear you talk that maybe I wasn't so alone and that maybe I could survive this pain that I was living through.
0: Well, I'm really glad you did. And uh, I'll tell you too uh, the people in Baltimore too. There's people right now saying thank you for sharing this story. There's people saying this is so relatable. There's people saying that they are uh, I, I want to acknowledge you're here today. I'm so thankful for your vulnerability and your story. So um, even just right now during this live taping I feel like you're connecting with people and if even when this does come online I feel like you're passing that on um, so thank you for that I'll also say someone is asking "Was Thanks, it, yeah of course someone is all also asking was, was it hot yoga what type of yoga <laughs> are we talking here you know what things are getting tense and I think the most intense thing of all is wondering yes what kind of yoga is he doing uh, so yeah, there, there's a valid cliffhanger, and that's uh, marks our first time for some ads. Got advertisers to help me bring this show to you for free. It's very nice of them to do so. Check them out and use those promo codes. Helps the show. Be right back with more phone call. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anybody else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's no juggling emails, no calls to your office. You screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter's been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now... My listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to all of our sponsors who help us bring this show to the world. It's uh, very much appreciated. Now, back to our live show from Baltimore, Maryland. Someone is also asking, was was it hot yoga? What type of yoga are we talking here?
1: It was kind of more intense than hot yoga. It was like a traditional kirtan yoga where you're chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Like it's a very like traditional form of yoga, which people take very seriously in my city. And there am I like detoxing and crazy and falling over and spasming and crying. I was... A, a bit embarrassing they all had on very expensive yoga <laughs> attire and I was there in my cutoff jeans and like I a love puke
0: stain so t-shirt much. I love you yeah. so much you're one of my favorite callers ever <laughs> I love you because here's why. Here's why. And it's something I identify with so much is you you knew, you knew, you knew. You're telling a story. It's sad. It's like a thing that we can hear the emotion in your voice. That is the saddest thing. And then for you to phrase it that way and say, and then I did what you do when you need to find God. I went to yoga. It is that thing of like, what can you do but laugh? And what can you do? And that day, that day, yeah. that day sounds amazing. That day, that day. <laughs> that day when you woke up and you just wanted this desperate blitz that is like that, is, that was making my hair stand up on my arms you, went, you go to yoga you, you, go, you have sex with two people you try to find God twice via that you gave the, I like that you gave that one a second <laughs> shot you didn't take a second yoga class you said maybe the sex thing has another <laughs> thing too you go through all these different things and then it's a fucking typo that saves your life that is uh, that's, that's something else Thanks for telling me that. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Of course. What would you say out of all the addictions you fell into was the one that was most... uh, Do they all kind of push the same buttons? Was there one that you look back and feel was more dangerous than others?
1: You mean addiction-wise? Yeah. Honestly, like, I I try not to get too wrapped up in, like, the substances I was using these days because I think it's all the same. And I think that, like... My my lack of being able to be present for my life is really like the most dangerous part of it. It's all attached to the same thing of me not being able to stay still in this moment and accept it. You know, I don't think that life is my problem. It's my response to it, you know, and that's been the thing that's been really dangerous for a long time. You know, I feel, sad. even today, I find myself falling into dangerous patterns that aren't necessarily, like, going to kill me, but are going to do damage. You know, I feel sad I should find someone to have sex with. I feel sad I should, you know, I get really rageful or, or whatever. You know, I think that, like, not being able to stay present for my life is the most dangerous thing out of all of that stuff. Because then I just miss it. You know, like, one of my greatest dreams came true a couple of years ago, and I was so stressed and so, like, anxious about what was going on in my life. I was constantly trying to get away from it, but I missed it. This beautiful thing happened. This amazing lifelong dream came true. I didn't have one second of like, oh my God, dreams do happen, you know, because I wasn't present for that moment, which is really sad to think back on.
0: And this is a specific, this is not a theoretical, what if that happened and I was too messed up to realize it? There is a moment you regret that your, your emotions weren't fully there.
1: I mean, yeah, I, uh, You know, since I was a kid, I wanted to move to America. You know, like it was one of my first dreams. I had this picture that I drew of myself when I was like seven years old. And I was holding something green. And my mom said, what's the green thing? And I said, it's a green card. Um, I've wanted to be in this country my entire life. And I got a green card, you know, two years ago. My dream came true and I missed it. Because I was so busy being scared of the future and regretting the past that I missed what was going on, which was like everything I've ever wanted.
0: Yeah, that's brutal, man. That's brutal. But you're here, you're here, but yeah, and I I, I agree. I, I hear, I mean, you are saying some stuff that is actually rattling me in a way that I don't love. Um, cause it's the same thing, same exact, <laughs> when you were saying that same thing too, of like, you, you know, you fall into these things and you, and, and it, you replace one thing with the other and it doesn't really matter which substance or which activity did it. You're pushing the same button. Like that, I get that. I get that. People say to me too, people, that's why I always go so nuts. People say to me like, Oh, like your comedy is like, uh healing you. And it's like, no, me needing the validation of a crowd was as unhealthy as my drinking at a certain point. Like the fact that I wasn't, yeah, taking, I hear that. the fact that I wasn't taking medication because I was, I was, uh, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old and I could go to New York city and kill in front of a crowd. And I convinced myself that I wouldn't get that if I did take medication. It was such bullshit. And it's like that same thing. It's that same thing you're saying of like, we find it somewhere, don't we? Until we choose not to. Yeah, yeah. I will say exactly. So, someone in the crowd right now just tweeted something that I think is really beautiful. That I, they wanted to send you the message. It's not too. It's never too late to celebrate that dream coming true. Like you get to still celebrate it. You still have the green card. I think that's amazing. Someone else is saying you see Yeah, some- and it, it's. Oh no! Go for it. Sorry, what you saying? No, go. For- I will. Someone else tweeted. We all want to go to Australia, which I also think is funny. <laughs> Someone's response to you always wanting to no, come here it, is skip it, skip it, <laughs> skip it. <laughs> oh, the charm skip in the it. you are you are peak and valleys, man. You're peaks and valleys. You get us sad and you make <laughs> us laugh. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I certainly I did celebrate it once. I because I went through a, I was going through a pretty major depression. You know, w- when I was sober when I got my green card and I kind of missed it because of that. And since then I have actually, I've had like a really beautiful party to celebrate that moment. And like, I'm doing more of those kind of things, celebrating what's going on now. You know, like I, I realized a little while ago, honestly, two weeks ago that I was doing so many things in my life for a future that wasn't here yet. It was all, you know, everything I do in my life is from my career, you know, in some way, shape or form, and I forgot that, like, there are things that I really enjoy doing that I've neglected to do because they're not going to further me towards that goal. And so I'm, like, I literally when I saw your Instagram post, I went straight to a magic, I was coming out of a magic store. Not because I want to be a magician, but because I used to really love doing magic and doing magic tricks for people. And it's a really fun thing that I could just be doing right now that's not towards any future goal but it's going to make this moment that I'm living more fun and more enjoyable you know
0: that's beautiful and it's one of those things that it's like you set out to do it there's a mechanism you have to be focused just on that you have to be focused on just executing that you can't be worried about what happened before it or what's going to happen after it for those 45 seconds you're doing that dumb trick the only option is to just do the dumb trick
1: I mean, Chris, you haven't seen the trick, so let's not make judgment on how good the trick is or how dumb the trick is.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: I do appreciate the sentiment,
0: though. You just fucking owned me in front of Baltimore, bro. (laughs) That's incredible. I have the sentiment
1: stance. (laughs) It is appreciated.
0: I have a thing. Do you want to hear about a thing that I've literally never told anybody in my life? but it's a thing it's a thing that i want to, to cuz i like even when you just said there everything becomes about your career oh boy it, me and you 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 called it in the beginning we are similar in many ways um cuz i get so caught up in it but there's a thing i do and 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 some of this is because my shrink sort of helped me realize it but there's I just have a real inability to slow down in a way that sounds similar to you and very one of the great things about uh, being married is my wife is, is always pointing out when I'm going too hard in that direction but it is so hard for me to turn it off and I also put myself in these positions where everything's grassroots but that means everything's on me I gotta go I gotta go I gotta build it I feel this responsibility I got the TV show which is nice but that means there's like 70 people whose jobs rely on me getting this thing renewed I got, I got you know the podcast, the tour, there's all these people. I'm bringing it. it's like nice, it's nice, it's nice but my brain never slows down and there's a thing I've learned to do where it's like every once in a while I will find myself in a situation where I am alone and I will realize, oh, this is the part of the day for me and I will put my phone away, I'll put it, I'll turn it off or put it on airplane mode and I will just walk around the block and get where I was supposed to go a minute later than I should have. And they won't ever know why I was a minute late, but that's a minute that I had that no one else had. And there was no pressure on it except to walk around the block for the sake of doing so. And that has kept me sane.
1: Man, you are speaking my language. I, I, I literally did this two days ago, exactly that thing, except it was three minutes and I was doing it purely so I had three minutes to myself. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: And I say it in my head sometimes, like, this is the part of the day that's for me. We are speaking the same language, except you are fortunate to speak it in a very beautiful accent. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to say, I, there's so, I mean, I've, there's so many callers to this show I've loved. I'm going to just say this. I, know, I hope this isn't awkward. Uh, there's never anyone who I've regretted the anonymity more because I feel like me and you should hang out.
1: <laughs> I feel the same way. I've felt this since I first saw your stuff years ago, thinking this guy and I would be best friends, man. <laughs> we could totally connect.
0: I really feel like we would be. <laughs> should we, like, go yeah, over some of our hobbies day. and interests? Like, let's go over some of our hobbies and interests and see if we'd be best friends. Like, how do you feel about professional okay, start, wrestling? Yeah, how do you feel about professional wrestling?
1: I was obsessed as a kid. I mean, it's not as big in Australia, but I used to love watching it when it was still WWF. I was completely <laughs> obsessed, and I would my entire bedroom became like a cage match with me throwing myself off of walls and you know.
0: I'm oh, okay. a big fan. Okay, I know my top five all time. Do you want to name your top five all time and we'll see if any of them cross over? Maybe I can even whisper them. There's a guy on stage. They're not going to
1: cross over because my knowledge ends at The Rock. I mean, that was my guy.
0: Yeah, but I was born I in 1980. I grew up I grew up with all the stuff before that.
1: It's not going to link up my, my wrestling knowledge. I hope this doesn't break the bromance that is kind of growing here and at The Rock.
0: That's okay. My top five for the record. Ric Flair, The Nature Boy. Woo! Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I like the bad guys. And an outlier that I will stand by, The Great Muda. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we both like wrestling. We danced around it. I will tell you, the crowd is giggling because they're watching me get nervous, hoping that you like me. Okay, what's your bromance test? We're doing a bromance test. What's your next link in the bromance test? Okay, uh, how do you feel about sci-fi? I love sci-fi so much. When I was in high school... How do just... you
1: feel about... Sorry, how do you feel about Jodie Foster's Contact?
0: Jodie Foster's Contact. I tell you, I've watched it. I'm not going to lie. It didn't leave too much of a long-lasting impact.
1: It should again immediately. The second you get off stage, you're going to whatever hotel room you're staying in and watching it again.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) This is make or break for you and me, man. You've got to like that movie for this to be able to work
0: out. (laughs) Okay, I, I mean, I'll give it a fair shot and... I'll really watch it with an open mind, and, uh...
1: <laughs> it is a masterpiece.
0: It's a masterpiece, yeah. I mean, I was young when I saw it. Sometimes you go back and revisit things and see things you didn't see before. I, and Jodie Foster, I think she's really phenomenal. I, I mean, I'm surprised I didn't like it the first time. <laughs> What's your all-time favorite video game? I'm not much of a gamer, but what's your all-time favorite?
1: Yeah, I'm not a gamer. I never have been. I was much more into books as a kid. uh, Video games was never my thing. And I remember getting, I think it was a, a Nintendo 64 as a kid, just to say that I had one. I saved up for it and everything, and I didn't play it one time. I just had it there as a prop for if any friends came over. I could say, oh, that's my gaming console when I'm playing games. But I've ne- I never played it once. It's not my thing.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, we are so similar.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's my gaming <laughs> console. Okay. <laughs> Your turn in the bromance test. To be fair, other acceptable answers would have been Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and GoldenEye.
1: Oh, Goldeneye was the only one that I had. Never played it, but it, it lived inside of the slot. So I, I think that links up.
0: That's cool. <laughs> okay, your turn in the bromance <laughs> test. Your turn in the bromance <laughs> test.
1: Ooh. It's tricky, because I feel like we're doing so well. I'm, like, honestly quite nervous to ask you a question that you don't agree with me on. Yeah, I'm nervous. And like, where does that leave you and me?
0: I'm nervous, too, for the same exact reason.
1: I think we have to leave it then. I think we have to agree that we've got enough, that the groundwork is laid for something beautiful to grow upon. And let's move on from the bromance. Yes. I think we have enough information.
0: Yes, we're friends. We're friends. Yes, I made a friend. (laughs) <laughs> I made a friend. <laughs> Just, you know, someone on, on on Twitter did tell me they are also disappointed with me. They said, dude, I remember where I was and who I saw contact with. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> like that. People are asking if yeah, they can hang out with us. I like that. People are saying uh, three minutes. He's got you one up to take more time for yourself, Chris. I like that. Other people pointing out that we, (laughs) someone is saying we are watching you fall in love again in Baltimore. If you could see my body language or my facial reaction, callers, you'd be very, call you'd be very very impressed. Someone else also just said, I think Chris (laughs) Gethard is falling in love with this caller, just like me. Someone said there's an emo balloon behind you. (laughs) I don't know what that means, unfortunately. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah, an emo night balloon. We're in a punk bar. I so,
1: literally turned around and looked behind me. <laughs> there is no balloon here.
0: There isn't. Do you live on the east coast of America or the west coast of America?
1: On the west coast. I'm so sorry, but I moved. When I moved to America the first time, I was in New York City. So I, I was east coast. I came out here for work.
0: We could have walked past each other on the street. Well, both of us were taking our private sojourns around the block. We never even knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Never even knew
0: it. Look at that. So we got 23 minutes left. This one's flying by. Wow. Um, yeah, so what, crazy. I love our, our I really love your, 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 your philosophy, how you got to where you're at, the way you want to spread it. Even though you're saying you're still in the middle of some tough times, it's really uh, incredible. And I'm glad that we could become friends. I don't know, what else you want to tell? Here's the thing that I want to know more about, if that's okay. Um, you said you're, you kind of lived high on the hog, because your da- your, so your dad was like a, a drug dealer and it sounds like he was pretty high up in the chain, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was. he was. He was ultimately caught importing like $150 million worth of narcotics into Australia. That's kind of what he went down for in the end.
0: Yeah, that'll do it. Wow.
1: It's kind, kind of a big deal.
0: So you were surrounded by mayhem from day one.
1: Yeah. And it's really funny, Chris, like I only realized that recently, you know, like you live through whatever experiences you live through as a child and just count them as normal. And in the past couple of years, I've been able to like open up to people and share what my life was like. They're like, that's fucking crazy. And I never know that perhaps was a bit of a chaotic and scary way to grow up. You know?
0: Yeah. I can. I mean, kids manage to normalize so much. Right. And, you certainly had to, yeah. to keep going. What's your, I mean, you said your dad relapsed. You mentioned that your mom's been very supportive. What is your relationship with your parents like now? $100 million of narcotics. That's a lot of narcotics. I need a moment to process that. To even imagine that. You know what is a great way to take a good moment when you need a moment to process? It's to listen to some ads. Listen to some ads for different uh, products and services that people have to offer. It's very nice of them to do so. Check them out. Use the promo codes. It helps Beautiful Anonymous when you do. And we'll be right back. Paging all book lovers. Today's show is supported by Book of the Month. Book of the Month is a rapidly growing service with a simple goal. To make sure you love what you read. They search high and low for new books that you wouldn't have found on your own. And narrow down to the top five each month. Then you go in. You choose your favorites. They ship them right to your doorstep. Pricing starts as low as just $10 for new hardcover releases that usually cost 15 bucks plus anywhere else. Book of the month, it's a great value. Whether you get a book once a month or once a season, the exclusive prices will save you tons. I've used their site, so easy to use, a real variety. It was fun to just poke around, see what they have available as I picked out which one I wanted because such a wide breadth of interesting stuff You go, you get a book, you read. Remember how fun reading was before everything was just a phone in your face? You get a nice book, you crack it open. That smell of the pages, really, check it out. Book of the Month, bound to delight. And get your first book for 10 bucks at bookofthemonth.com slash stories. That's bookofthemonth.com slash stories. Thanks again to all of our advertisers for uh, helping me bring this show to the world for free. And uh, now I'm sure everybody wants to finish off this phone call. I do too. Let's do it. What's your, I mean, you said your dad relapsed. You, you mentioned that your mom's been very supportive. What is your relationship with your parents like now?
1: Well, my, my mother and father were, you know, it was kind of a fling that ended up in, in a, uh, Um, You know, so it wasn't like they were ever married or anything. Um, my mom has been clean all my life and then some. And my father, you know, was, was dealing drugs when he was sober as well and got arrested. I think he had 15 years sober by the time he went to prison for dealing drugs. And uh, yeah, my mom and I are very, very close. Um, I love her very much, much more so since I kind of found my way into therapy and, and different forms of recovery from that, those kind of things. Um, my father and I had a very difficult relationship. I tend to think of him as a pretty malevolent kind of guy pretty horrible person and I think my greatest fear before was becoming my father, you know He was abusive and he would lie and he'd cheat and he'd steal and my greatest fear was becoming like him. And I think in the end of my drinking career, what scared me the most was that I was looking a lot like him in my behavior. And then after kind of I got a year sober, he, he relapsed after 28 years and had, was having heart attacks all the time because meth is not good for you when you're 74 years old. It's not good for you ever, but especially not when you're 74 years old.
0: <laughs> they um, should put that on the package. It's been
1: really, <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. Drugs are bad, drugs are bad. Don't do them ever. Um, or do them, but just don't abuse them. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he relapsed when I got my when I got one year sober, and it was an incredibly confronting thing because I'd spent my entire life, I guess, hating him. You know, he is a pretty ugly kind of guy, and a lot of my identity I think was wrapped up in this guy fucked me over. And so a big part of, you know, my sobriety has been finding, cultivating love and compassion and forgiveness, which has like meant nothing but freedom for me, and it's been a pretty difficult but also beautiful process I guess to not have to carry that stuff on anymore
0: yeah that's incredible that's incredible you got I mean for somebody who's dealt with as much as you have and came as close as you did you got such a good head on your shoulders it is impressive your ability to verbalize this stuff yeah I mean your ability to verbalize this stuff in such a clear way means you've thought it just shows you've thought about it so backwards and forwards and it's It's so cool. Someone on Twitter did just tweet that this is the most beautiful thing they've witnessed since Jodie Foster's performance in Contact. Just so you know. That
1: is an honor that I will never live up to. I appreciate the idea and the thought, but that is quite honestly offensive to Jodie Foster and Robert Zemeckis who directed that masterpiece.
0: Okay, fair. Someone is saying in our bromance test that I did have a missed opportunity. How do you feel about the Smiths and Morrissey?
1: I love the Smiths. I love the Smiths. And I was actually playing a cover of Panic on the Streets of London yesterday with a friend of mine. I'm going to tweet it at you or have someone tweet it at you anonymously so you can hear it. I think it's quite
0: good. I would love that. I'm I'm in a Smiths cover band myself. We're called Mr. Shankly and the Franklys. Oh,
1: that's amazing. Is
0: that real? It is, yeah. We've played three shows. It started as a joke, and now people Incredible. keep trying to book us, and a record label just offered to put out a record. <laughs> and I don't know if I should take them <laughs> up on it.
1: That's amazing.
0: What's your favorite Smith song? <laughs> and I know they change all the time, but oh, currently.
1: Uh, it's, currently, right now, is Panic, because I was playing it yesterday. I just think that song is so good. It's the epitome of, of Morrissey and how great his voice can be. Um, that how soon is now I think kind of remain in the top five for me
0: yeah I've recently gotten very into well, lately for some reason after a lifetime of kind of coming and going on it I've gotten very into that joke isn't funny anymore
1: uh, it's good it's good
0: it is because it's about not laughing at people who don't have it as good as you and I think that that's a really nice sentiment yeah yeah, yeah. man <laughs> Why is this podcast anonymous?
1: <laughs> Chris, I wish we had more time. There's so many other stories that I feel like if I was to even mention, like, the headline of, you'd want to unwrap them, but there's not enough time, you know? There's Do you so w- many other things that I think that you and I would connect on.
0: Do you want to be, like, a brutal tease to this Baltimore crowd and just list some of those headlines? Just so we all know that there's so—because we only have 16 minutes left— What are some of the headlines that we probably won't have time to get into that we'll all just have to wonder?
1: Okay, uh, we'll start with this. Um, Childhood TV star um, gets married to a person he's known for three and a half weeks, divorced five months later. Um, Oh, there's so many more, Chris. Um, What else? Uh, Oh, sister's incarceration. Um, There's some, like, happy, fun ones. There's some darker ones, there's some really sad ones really inspiring ones there's so much to talk about Chris the,
0: the, uh, with the amount you've managed to make the dark ones happy and fun I can't imagine how happy and fun a happy and fun one would be because you got, you got big laughs, oh, laughs off of a story about trying oh, to kill so yourself give us one happy and fun <laughs> one I think this crowd and I think I personally would love to hear a happy and fun one just because I feel like we all think you deserve the happy and fun ones and we want to live one of those with you
1: Okay, okay. On second thought, I'm not sure how happy and fun they are. That was, that was better.
0: Well, if we're uh, really similar people, them. if we are really similar people, the happy, fun one will inadvertently disturb people more than the suicide attempt one.
1: Yeah, okay. I went to, uh, I was doing some work at the Cannes Film Festival in the south of France. I know how ridiculous that sounds. I apologize. Um, but I was, I was out there on a job. And I was staying in this apartment with a bunch of European, um, models and actresses and actors, and there was a whole bunch of people. And there was this one day where I had to, um, I had a meeting in the afternoon and I was kind of nervous and I'm, you know, hungry. That's what I do when I'm nervous. I tend to eat. Um, and so I was going through the fridge and I found this bar of chocolate, um, and it looks like a, something you'd find in a gift bag at one of those fancy events. And so I'm, I eat that, I eat two of those and then I have some bread and some, and, uh, so I'm walking down, I've still got like an hour. So I sit in the coffee shop and I'm having a, a coffee by myself and I'm sitting there reading this, the menu. And the next thing I know is my face is attached to the menu and I, I myself off of it, like, what the fuck is going on? And I look around, and the buildings are getting really big and really small and really big and really small, and it's getting really crazy and psychedelic. I've got no idea what's going on, and I kind of realized that somehow I've induced some kind of yogic breath and made myself, like, crazy high, like I was tripping. And I started laughing to myself, and I look around and realize that everyone in the coffee shop is staring at me with these like red eyes and I'm like, this is too fucking weird for me. So I walk up to the counter to pay for my coffee and the woman looks back at me and says in a perfect American accent, you haven't ordered a coffee, sir, which freaks me the fuck out. And I'm running down the street. I'm texting my girlfriend at the time saying like, there is crazy inside of me. It is consuming me. I don't know what's going on. Long story short, I, the chocolate that I ate was laced with uh, acid mushrooms and Molly and I'd taken like eight times more than the recommended dose. So I was like tripping, seeing anomal- anomalies for like probably a week and a half. It was like the most horrifying experience of my life and also hilarious.
0: <laughs> Thank you for the happy fun one.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> we are meant to be friends. If your happy fun one ends with this sentence, it was the most horrifying experience of my life. <laughs> that sucks i mean that's super scary especially if you're someone who's get who's you know an addict that that's like uh panic inducing
1: oh it was fine i i wasn't i was i wasn't sober at the point so it was kind of in the end like oh great i'm just high now this is wonderful i didn't even have to pay for it
0: <laughs> so that yeah hey i want to know just out of my own personal curiosity um because you are, uh, this has been a quite inspiring call, and I mean that so genuinely, but just as someone thinking of you, like you're putting your own story out there in the world and saying like, hey, I got four years, I went through all this stuff, and maybe saying it could help some other people. I think that's beautiful. I do want to just, just as someone who's like really caring about you right now, what kind of support system do you have now? You got people around who you, who you lean on?
1: I do, absolutely. Like all of my, the people that I live with, have all kind of been through similar experiences. You know, I I go and see a therapist when I can afford it. Um, You know, I I do all the things. I've I've kind of, you know, ritualized my life so it's kind of pretty balanced and level-headed. And I've got all the structures in place that I know that I need to be able to stay in a place that feels like I've got no reason to escape from my life anymore, you know?
0: Yeah. And you, you had mentioned when you can afford it. It did remind me, someone asked a question I thought was pretty interesting. How, how do, uh, how, do, you, do you feel like being an addict or, or, or the way that um, programs are built to deal with addiction, like uh, are they different in America and Australia? Is it easier here, harder here, similar?
1: I mean, this is like a whole other conversation, but I really feel like, you know, especially for drug addiction, and there are people who have had it far worse than I did with that stuff, Um, I didn't end up on the streets like some people do, but it really makes me sad. And I think people in Baltimore understand this. There's this really ugly business structure around, you know, people needing recovery from addiction where people are actually making money off of people who are really desperate depending on their insurance policies. And there's all kinds of really icky, ugly stuff that goes on in Australia. If you need treatment for drug addiction, there's waiting lists, but it's covered by the government because it's universal health care. Whereas over here, there's companies who are getting really it's like a $35 billion industry, the rehab industry, which I think is is kind of sad and, and, and a bit scary for the people who are like dying because they don't have insurance.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's one of the it is. That and I yeah, everybody who listens to this show knows I'm a New Yorker and I'm a liberal. But that's one of those ones where it's like why exactly is this even up for debate if people need to die on the streets in pain? I don't get it. I don't get that one. Yeah. And I don't need, you know, I'm not trying to take some political yeah, stand, it, but it, just responding to what you said, it's like, it is nuts. We've, we, I've always, I'm one of the things that I find people are always shocked by when I leave America, people always ask me, like, why do you guys have commercials for medications? And then you think about that for 10 seconds and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's fucked, man. The doctor should tell you what yeah. to take because it's the best thing to take. Somebody shouldn't be selling that to you like it's a bottle of Mr. Clean. That's a totally different thing, man. Yeah, I know. And it it kind of like trickles
1: down to all different things. Like, I want to say that I I love this country and I respect it with all of my heart. I've wanted to be here my entire life. But there are things in the system that just aren't working. For example, in Australia, it's universal health care. So if you get sick, the government will pay for it, basically. And the best embodiment of that is that cigarettes in Australia cost about $39 a packet. Because if you get sick with cancer, the government's going to be paying for it. So they tax them really high. Now, cigarettes in America are really cheap because people end up getting kind of wealthy if you're sick, which is a really sad and scary thing to think about, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Can I, I want to ask you again, and we're getting into something intense. I don't want to just distract it with something uh, silly, but you might be able to help me solve a problem. Um, or, or just the thing okay. I've wondered about. Uh, the, the, the Beautiful Anonymous. We got the Facebook group, Beautiful Anonymous. And and, and I I, so I have asked people, where should I go on the tour? And then people tell me what cities to go to. That's how I planned this tour. That's how I wound up in Baltimore. A lot of people here said they would come. So yeah, I'll go there. It's nice. That being said, there's a lot of people. It seems like there's a lot of people come who want to listen to the show in Australia. And I think that's so rad. I've always wanted to go. I'm really scheming on how to get to an Australian tour but there's one consistent thing I've noticed which is that people from Melbourne Sydney Brisbane they're like yeah come here it'll be rad we'll all come yeah and people from some place called Perth always go come to Australia but I know you won't come to Perth anyway and anyone who mentions Perth (laughs) seems to mention it as this place that's like uh, just constantly gets skipped and ignored
1: that's kind of how it's thought of generally
0: (laughs) are you from Perth?
1: I'm actually not. No, I've got friends who are, but I've actually never been to Perth. I hear it's gorgeous, but it's kind of a little bit far out.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud on the podcast, and whoever has to organize next tour is going to be so mad. I'm going to Perth, baby. I'm going to Perth. (laughs) How's your... I know we don't have the time to totally get into it, but, you know, the fact that you said your mom gave birth to your sister, your sister was addicted... you've indicated your sister might not be doing great. How's she doing?
1: It's been a struggle, man. You know, like, you know, she was born addicted and she went through all kinds of trauma, you know, because my mom was still loaded when she was a a child. So she was in and out of foster care and lived through a whole bunch of sexual abuse and all kinds of ugly stuff. And as a result, you know, she ended up, you know, really struggling as an adult. And she's she's incarcerated and she'll be in there for, you know, she ended up getting a really hefty sentence and she's not getting out anytime soon. But I've, I've got to say that like, and I, this is what I think, that I think everything, I, I don't know if this, is, if this is the right viewpoint because I struggle with this sometimes. Everything happens for a reason, maybe, or everything happens, give it a reason, And I think that what she's done with the experience is that it's, you know, if she's out on the streets, she's using heroin. There's no two ways about it. She is loaded. She's doing the wrong thing. And this was the kind of the only way it could end for her. it It seemed like because she wasn't able to stay clean. And as a result, you know, she's actually clean for the first time in there. And you can use drugs in prison if you want, but she's clean and she's helping people. And she's finally looking at stuff that she kind of probably wouldn't have been able to if she had the using instead on the streets so i mean she's doing the best she possibly can with what she's got which is really beautiful i love love her so much and i'm I'm really proud of her even given the circumstances
0: yeah yeah just hearing that that sounds like making the best of a horrible thing we've got about five minutes left we got about five minutes left you've blown my mind i want to thank you for that i think this is uh one of the most heart-wrenching and yet somehow also one of the most funny episodes we've ever had. And I don't know how you pulled off both, but <laughs> thank you for it. Scott, we got five thank minutes. Thank you so much.
1: I've called you. I've tried calling so many times. Every time I see the post come up, I like run to find a pen somewhere. I will drop whatever I'm doing. I was at work the other day and dropped everything to run and my, someone was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, Chris is waiting for me.
0: So you run to find a pen to write it down, the number?
1: To write down the number, yeah, Uh uh-huh.
0: You should just save it in your phone, bro. (laughs) That
1: would make so much more sense.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you never got through those other times, because I feel like this one was meant for this live tour. I feel like it was meant for this city and these people, and you just said everything for a reason. I think it's a good example of that. Hey, did you like comic books growing up? (laughs) I
1: did. I was never big into superheroes, but I was big into graphic novels. I mean, I'm a, a, a quite a bit younger than you, but the things that like, I was obsessed with were things like Why the Last Man and Ex Machina, things like that, which aren't necessarily superhero novels, but, you know, Yeah graphic novels and pretty badass.
0: You got some cheers, I will say. Bringing up indie graphic novels at a punk bar in Baltimore is a good way <laughs> to endear yourself to the crowd. Yeah. If there's any room in any town that's going to give clap for why the last man, it's the auto bar on a Sunday (laughs) afternoon.
1: (laughs) I feel like you have to check out, there was this one that I I loved, um, which I don't think it's easy to get anymore, but it was by this guy, Kevin Wazenga, and there was a novel called uh, Ganges, G-A-N-G-E-S, that I think you would love. I feel like we're very similar. I think this would appeal to your sensibilities Okay. in a big way.
0: I'll look that one up. That sounds really good.
1: Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it.
0: You gave me a recommendation of a, a graphic novel, can I give you a a, a recommendation of a superhero run? <laughs> okay, so I never liked Thor as a kid. <laughs> I always thought he was a little cheesy, but I have been hearing that there was like a really great run of Thor that happened right before I started reading comic books, but I wasn't going to go like track down the back issues of a series that I didn't really love the current version of. But now Marvel has this Marvel unlimited app and it's really great. And I can go back and read all the old stuff. And there's a guy, his name's Walt Simonson and he wrote this run on Thor and it's really dumb. There's a guy named Beta Ray Bill and I saw pictures of him when I was a kid and I was like, that looks like the lamest shit I literally have ever seen. And then I just went back and read Walt Simonson's run on Thor and I'm like, yo, Beta Ray Bill is my favorite superhero ever and there's one part, no spy. sorry for the spoilers, like Thor turns into a frog and I know the sentence Thor turns into a frog sounds like the biggest waste of your time but it's like, it just kind of shows everything that's good about Thor Uh,
1: Honestly dude you're my favorite friend, all my friends in this city are so cool And it's so great to be able to, like, nerd out with someone. Thank you for giving me that. Dude, I'm going to tell you
0: something, man. No offense to my other friends, but you're one of my better
1: friends. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. Like, I I feel like, you know, like, I feel like most of my friends, like, either don't understand what I do or they also do what I do. And that inherently creates this this weird... um, Uh, like wariness Uh, not uh, I don't know that's coming out wrong but I think you know what I mean like I just feel like our friendship is just like yeah I get it it's just like pure (laughs) it's just like is what it is for the sake of being what it is (laughs) yeah
1: yeah we get to be who we are
0: the phone's gonna hang up in a minute and a half and I don't want it to should we close this out singing in New England yeah I would do that believe this will mark the second time I have sung Billy Bragg's A New England on Beautiful Anonymous, but I would love that. Okay. Oh no. That's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, man. People won't mind hearing the best right. song of all time again? Okay,
1: let's close it out with this. How many seconds do we have?
0: 47.
1: 7 seconds? 45. 40. Okay, here we go. Thank you, Chris. I love you. It's been so great to talk to you. Let's I, lo- go. I love you. Thank 12, you for sharing your story. I
0: was, I was 21 years when I. Oh, no. When I wrote this song on 22, 22 now, but I won't be for, be for long. long. People, People ask me when you will you grow up to be a man, man? But all the girls, girls. I, I love at school are already pushing, pushing plans. Plans. I, love I love you, you then as I, I love, still, love you still, though I put you on a better. Don't put you on a pedestal Do they, they put, put you, you on, the on the pill I don't, I don't feel bad about, about letting, letting you know. go I, I just feel sad, sad about letting you know I don't want to change, change the-
1: <laughs> Abra-fucking-cadabra, Chris!
0: <laughs> wow. Thank you! Wow! For anyone who couldn't hear how that call ended It ended with Keith yelling the words Abra-ca-fucking-dabra calling back to the magic. Well done. Thank you so much, caller. I wish we could be friends. I wish we could be best friends, but that's not how this show works. I'll pine for you in my heart <laughs> from now until the end of time. Thank you to everybody who came out to the live show in Baltimore and every live show out there. It was, it was uh, such a good time, that tour. Thank you so much to Auto Bar for having us and Justin Linville, Chris Pierce, Joe Rumrell, the support team that was helping to make that uh, whole tour happen. Thanks to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohen for helping build this show from the ground up. Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson, who always helped out in the booth. Shell Shag, our music. Want to know about me? Tour dates? ChrisGeth.com. You want to help this show? Go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps so much. That's all I got. I'll see you next week with more Beautiful Anonymous. Paging all book lovers, Book of the Month. It's a rapidly growing service with one simple goal, to make sure you love what you read. Browse the five best books of the month. Discover titles you would not have found on your own, all with exclusive pricing, starting at just 10 bucks. You can get your favorites shipped to your doorstep for less. Book of the Month, bound to delight. And get your first book for $10 at bookofthemonth.com slash stories. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, what could make a grown man run crying into the wilderness?
1: And for some reason, I thought the best reaction would be to to scream and yell, everybody, Bigfoot's across the way, let's go get him.
0: You yelled the phrase, Bigfoot's across the way, let's go get him? You said, hey, everybody, Bigfoot's across the way, let's go get Bigfoot.
1: So that obviously startles the said Bigfoot. He lets his hand off the tree. There was so much weight being pushed down in that tree, it like catapults back. We jump down and start running across his trail, and that thing is gone. And we can hear it running through the trees, and it's taking really long strides, but that sucker's making ground
0: fast. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. This is Jess McKenna and
1: I'm Zach Reno.
0: and we're the host of a new podcast right here at Earwolf called Off, Off Book, Book: The, the improvised, improvised Musical
1: Podcast.
0: Podcast. It's a podcast, but it's also an improvised musical where we get a guest and we talk to them, and then Scott Passarello starts playing, and then we black out for a second. And when we come to, we've created a brand new musical.
1: Yeah. People are saying it's better than the Beatles.
0: You can say that, too. If you listen uh, to our first episode with Paul F. Tompkins or our second episode with Mary Holland, we got some great guests lined up. So, guys, rate, review, and you got to subscribe on that Apple podcast, baby. Or
1: wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd like it so much. Just so much.